I'm Faith. And I'm Steve. And this is an episode of your friendly neighborhood home inspector. Winnie's in the room with us right now, so you might hear a little bit of dogs. Uh, Dog collar. Yeah, just dogs walking around and whatnot. Um, today, we'll be talking about termites, and I'm going to ask you questions that I already know the answer to, but just for our listeners, so that way they can get an idea about termites. So I know a little bit about termites already, but I'm not a full expert by any means. So that'll be, this will be the kind of questions that we get when people call for inspections and uh, people who don't know what they don't know are asking me. So the way that we book termite inspections is we call them termite inspections, but they're also known as wood destroying insect inspections. That would focus on things like carpenter ants. Uh, and most likely uh, carpenter bees. Carpenter bees. In, in Missouri we find carpenter ants and carpenter bees and then people are mostly worried about would uh, uh, subterranean termites. But we're just going to be focusing on termite as the insect right now, not just termite inspections in general. In general, I did a little bit of research beforehand and I found out that termites can cause up to $2 billion worth of damage in the U.S. each year. So they're a pretty big thing you want to know about, especially if you're in a more southern state. Yeah, the termites uh, are more prolific in the southern part of the United States and so what increases the risk for termites? So that's a good question. You'll read a lot about moist conditions and water causing termites. And I've always been sort of surprised by that because I lived in Arizona for a couple of years and we had a real big problem with subterranean termites there. And the wettest day in Arizona, the wettest day in Arizona is drier than the driest day here in Missouri. So uh, I, I don't know if they don't need a whole lot of moisture to really be uh, active. So it's not a lot of moisture, but I imagine it's wood-built structures is what it causes issue. What um, well, they enjoy. Yeah, if you had a concrete home, you're not going to have much worry about termites, and they they could eat the drywall if they get inside the house. But it's the wood structure that's that's getting damaged by the termites. So we have there's two types of termites. Um, there's subterranean termites which have to get back to the earth. I think every 24 hours, and then in California they they have uh, two types to worry about. And they all have ones that could freely live in the structure without ever returning to the house. And so if you've been in California, you'll see uh, they'll treat termites by putting almost a circus tent over the entire structure and they'll fumigate it because they're trying to kill the termites in the building. Our mode of treatment with subterranean termites is we're trying to get a barrier to prevent them from getting back to the earth from the structure. So it's a whole different way of treating termites. So I must have had subterranean termites in my home when I was first looking at getting it. Because we didn't have to do the full tent fumigation. We just knocked out the cones that was up the wall and the tubes, the right? Tubes. Yeah. So we don't we don't worry about the kind where we have to do the tenting. Um, we could check in as I think there's, there's Formosan and then there's a subterranean, and we'll don't want to fact check that with me on that. But what we worry about is we worry about these earthen tubes. So the kinds of questions we get when people are booking home inspections is they'll say, "Do I need a termite inspection?" And the termite inspection is being done in conjunction with the home inspection. We're always we're always looking for visual signs of termite infestation, and the termite inspection fee is for us to pay fill out a government piece of paperwork that they can take take to their bank. The reality is whether they pay for the termite inspection or not, we're it's not like we're shutting off our eyes. We're still going to observe them as we do our normal course of inspection, and what we see and what we're looking for is these earthen tubes, and so we have training on, on knowing what they look like and knowing where they most often show up. So what would I do to prevent them from showing up at just in general, like stop it before it starts? Is that possible? I don't know if it's possible. You know, I, I'll tell people there's two types of houses in Missouri. 
the ones with termites and the ones that are getting termites. So I think the best thing to do is to, as a homeowner is to be conscientious of where, um, where they're gonna show up so you might have a chance to see them um, before you call for an inspection because homeowners can look for them. Can you hear the dog You're scratching yeah. her neck? There's, there's Winnie making a presence back there. Let's wait. Come here, Winnie. There you go. So as a homeowner, you know, there, there's certain things you can do to help reduce your chance of being plagued by termites. Your house has uh, visibility between the soil and the wood structure. It's the concrete foundation. And that concrete um, affords us a chance to observe the termites. So if you think about your house, if the siding is right close down to the soil level, or you have a lot of uh, vegetation and plants that are obscuring your view, you could have a termite tube there, and you may even know what a termite tube looks like, but if you can't see it, they could be actively getting into the house for years before you notice them. So with the houses that you know we own, in our office, in our last house, I would consciously try to make sure that I could see some of that concrete as I walked around the house. And every time I mowed the yard, I would be doing a termite inspection because I'm just glancing at the side of the house because you know the tubes are not, um, if you know what you're looking for, they're not unnoticeable. I know you've described to me in the past them looking kind of like if someone was rubbing the bottom of their shoe on the wall, if someone had knocked off the tubes, but you're looking for like kind of mud streaks. Is that right? Yeah, so it, it, there's a couple things that look just like termite tubes, and so you got to know the difference. Uh, the way I describe it to people, what they're looking for is it's the size and thickness of a piece of yarn, but it's three-dimensional, and it's made out of mud. And there's things that look just like that. Um, we have mud dauber wasps, and a mud dauber wasp is um, like the size of a crayon. It's much bigger, or Tootsie Roll, and it has uh, almost an appearance of like what comes out of a caulk tube if you're really bad at applying caulk and that's a the same material that a termite uses but that's built by a wasp and that is not an issue at all and then um, also during construction it's not uncommon for the construction workers to get mud on the foundation and then the rain washes it off before the house is built and you actually get a streak of mud going down the concrete but that's one dimensional it's just a streak of mud so this is a three-dimensional thing we're looking for so Houses, I imagine, that are closer to the ground, because you mentioned wanting to have, to being able to see the concrete foundation in order to be able to be vigilant about termites, but slab foundation homes or homes that are basement homes that are um, walkout basements, so the foundation on the second story would be flush with the ground. Those, I imagine, are a little bit harder to watch, watch out for in comparison to like a crawl, uh, high crawl space or a split level home? I think so. I mean, the house we had in Phoenix was a slab house, and I unfortunately could never get a, uh, ahead of the termites. I had it treated repeatedly, but because it was a slab house, there had to have been an area where they could enter that they could never apply the treatment and we could never stop them. So, probably inside a wall cavity, there was a plumbing pipe coming up from the ground, and there was a nice, healthy termite tube that they were just going up and down. So no matter how many times I treated around the foundation or drilled in the carport or the garage, we just never got the chemical in the exact right location. So on a house here in Missouri, we've got walkout basements, crawl spaces, we've got some slabs. And um, unfortunately, the higher end houses are more likely to have uh, brick siding on all four sides or even brick on the front. 
So if you can imagine the front of your house has brick, the brick is the siding. So there's a space behind the brick, then a concrete foundation, and then above the concrete foundation is a wood structure. So if the termite tube, they're not trying to be tricky. They just, they come up where they come up. But if it happens to uh, come up between on the back side of the brick in front of the concrete foundation, they can get to the wood structure and they can be eating the walls uh, behind the drywall and that activity can take place for years. And that's where you get that impressive dollar amount because they could be working on your bedroom wall and you're just unaware of it. So on the sides of a house that had vinyl siding, at that point, you might be able to visually see the concrete. So you got the inside and the outside of the wall. So if you've got a finished walkout basement, you may only have three sides of the house to visually observe and only from the outside, as opposed to a vinyl sided crawl space home. Well, you can see the inside on all four sides and the outside on all four sides. So you've got a pretty good chance of seeing the termites as long as you know what you're looking for. Now, I remember when we were first looking at my house and you were doing the inspection for it, we, I have some pretty big termite tubes, like some of the biggest that you said that you've ever seen about the size of your thumb, which in comparison to what you said earlier with them being about the, the size of a strand of yarn, that sounds pretty big. Yeah, they, they were pretty impressive on the house we bought for you and they were wider, so it was actually repeated yarn one next to the other so they were probably an inch and a half wide but they still didn't have a lot of they weren't round they're were just sort of flat and we broke those open and saw the active termites and remember we didn't panic when we saw them the thing with termites you know you shouldn't let it stress you too much i mean just just accept that eventually you're going to have them and then when you have them you treat for them uh, you want to be diligent looking for them not putting conditions that are conducive to them like uh, wet wood or wood leaning against the house we call that termite or durs so don't give them a place to feed on uh, and make their job any easier. Something to think about with the house we bought for you, that's a hundred year old house. So some of the framing wasn't uh, pine, it was oak. And so it, it's amazing how long it takes them to damage the, the hard oak wood. I mean, you get these old houses, the amount of damage is minimal compared to, uh, I've seen 20 year old houses that get chewed up pretty fast because the wood is just so soft. Why are we using that soft wood now then? Like what's the advantage of using that type of wood over the Gr old hardwoods? Great question. We don't have uh, the availability of the old hardwoods to build houses. I mean, this was, this was old growth forest that we used years and years ago. That wood is just too valuable to be building a house out of now. So we take another approach trying to uh, make, have woods that they don't want to eat and we'll have treated lumber. So anytime the wood is in contact or near the soil or touching the concrete, the lumber should have an inherent treatment to reduce termite activity. It's a moisture treatment and a termite treatment. That's what you build a, a deck out of, is treated lumber. Treated lumber still breaks down and can get water damage just like any normal type of lumber, but it's less conducive to it. Is that right? Right. I mean, it's eventually going to succumb to moisture damage, but in, treated lumber could last you know, 20 years or 40 years, depending on the level of treatment. If you put a standard two by four that we build a, a wall out of inside a house, if you use that for out exposing the weather, it wouldn't last four or five years. It would start to deteriorate. I think we had this conversation earlier. If you refer back to one of our later episodes, we were talking about vapor barriers. Does that help at all with preventing termites? Well, you know, if the vapor barrier is continuous, I mean, it's a I, they'll find one little hole and they get through the vapor barrier. But um, yeah, it, it certainly wouldn't hurt to have a vapor barrier in a house. 
keeps the moisture level down, uh, keeps the moisture level in the wood down, so it probably is less conducive to termites. I know we're a big fan of them here at least. <laughs> uh, vapor barriers are always a good idea. But you know, you, you, you reminded me of something uh, I'll see in houses built from the 50s to the 70s, and it's called a termite shield. And so you've got your concrete foundation, and on a modern house, above the concrete foundation, we'd have a piece of uh, sill seal, which is a blue foam, and then the treated two by six, and then we start the house. But where that seam sill seal uh, is located on these older houses, they'll have a termite shield. It's a piece of metal that protrudes out horizontally and then curves down. And the idea was the termites wouldn't go around that sharp edge of that metal and get, find the house. And I've seen them succeed in getting around that, and they don't use it anymore. So they may have found that they're ineffective um, or we've forgotten why we did it because we don't do that on modern new houses. It sounds like the idea of it is to act sort of like a soffit. Uh, more like a, like a flashing for termites. Yeah, that'd be a good way of thinking about it. But it only takes one hole, you know, in this thing and the termites will to get around it. So uh, we bolt houses down to the foundation. So if you did use a termite shield, every so many feet you're going to have a hole in it for the uh, the other system we're using for our house, the bolting it down, and that would represent a hole that the termites could go through. They don't need much of a hole to get into your house. Sort of like putting uh, nails through things like Tyvek. Right, right. You, you build one system to do one thing, and then uh, another part of the process compromises the system you just put in. So yeah, that's that happens a lot in building. So I've found that I have termites. I've gotten a termite treatment. What's next? Well, you need to think about what the termite treatment is accomplishing. So we use soil treatments around the exterior of a house. So say you bought a house, we found we had termites, and then you had the house treated. If they do a soil treatment on the exterior of the house, remember it's a barrier the termites aren't going to cross, and uh, it's, say you put it in and it's all functioning, and then you move in and like, well, I want to put a garden around my house. And you've got the space between the foundation and the, and the siding uh, to put the garden in. And you, and you go and buy you know, three yards of topsoil and you put it around the perimeter of your house to plant flowers. Well, when you put that new topsoil adjacent to the foundation, you could potentially be providing a path for the termites to travel from the earth through the new topsoil and get into the house. So you don't want to compromise this barrier. Uh, you may want to do that treatment after you bring in the new soil. I remember this. Like whenever we were putting in the garden at my house, we knew we had termites, but we also knew that we wanted to put a garden in. So we waited until we brought in all that topsoil and then treated for the termites on the outside. We treated for the inside, but not for the outside. Well, you know, truth be told, we've never treated the outside of your house. What? For, no, never. It's never <laughs> been done. We, we knew we were going to bring soil in. I paid for the treatment inside the crawl space, but because I can see the outside of the foundation so clearly, we have almost a foot and a half or two feet of concrete, and I am personally a little bit leery about using a chemical uh, if I don't need to use the chemical. We uh, simply added the flowers and the plants around your house, and the outside of your house to this day has no new termite treatment, but every time I come to visit you, I'm doing a termite inspection as I walk to your front door. Well, that's an advantage, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's good to have a dad for a home inspector or a home inspector for a dad. Yeah. Okay. So say I have a pretty big yard, live on a couple acres. This is theoretical. I for sure don't. But say I had a really big yard and I see termites in my yard. Would I have to then treat for my house? 
You know, let's go back to just my personal viewpoint, and that's I don't want to be using chemicals unless I have a really good reason to. So people have said, well, if you have termites on your property, you have to treat your house. Well, where do you draw the line? What if you have 15 acres and, and you have woods? You know, those can be termites out in the woods. So years ago, uh, when I was doing these termite inspection, I decided I did decide where do I draw the line? And what I determined was when I find termites on a property, I look down at the termites on the scrap wood outside the house, and then I look straight up. And if I see, if I'm under the soffit of the house, that's the line. I said, these termites are so close, we should treat the property. And that was an arbitrary line that I drew for determining when to treat them because uh, I've heard stories about people finding termites in landscaping 35 feet from the house and saying, well, you have to treat the house. I'm like, maybe. It's not a bad idea, but do we really want to spray chemicals uh, when we find termites over here? So uh, for the first time in years, I had to make that exact determination. I did a house and there were termites in the wine barrel planter next to the basement. And I said, look, these are so close, I recommend treating the house. And it was a $350 treatment, and now they've got protection. And there was not a single termite tube on the structure itself. They were just that close. I think sometimes people forget whenever they think about termites is termites are a natural part of the landscape. So they're going to be in the woods. They're eating. They sort of act like a fungus where they break down the wood and make sure that it can get back into the soil. Otherwise, we just have big pieces of trees they, everywhere. They are a beneficial part of our environment. I mean, yes. Uh, somehow they are they are reducing the scrap wood that would accumulate in the forest and the environment around us. So them along with fungus and everything else that helps break down the world around us. So everything on the planet has a purpose. I don't know what, what mosquitoes are for. Can't figure that one out. But uh, termites, ticks, ticks, ticks and mosquitoes, I don't know what, the, what, what they're helping us with, but uh, termites do have a beneficial purpose in nature. So we've been talking about the visual signs, what to look out for and everything like that. Is there any, is that the only way you'd know that you have them? That's a great question. So in the spring, the termites uh, colonies, if they're active, will just like honeybees, go out and look for a new place to live. So uh, as it warms up this spring, the termites will swarm and they'll come out of the ground or the structure they're living in or the log and they'll go out into nature and find a new place. So if unfortunately uh, you're living in a house and the termites are active in the walls, they'll uh, come out looking for a new, a new place. And if they come out to the inside of the house, they'll have wings and they'll start flying around. And you could come home from work and have tens of thousands of termites flying around and they'll all go to the, uh, the light of the outside windows trying to get out and then eventually they'll die and they'll land on the windowsill. And that would be just a, an awful way to come home from work and find these things flying around. But you don't know when it's going to happen and you don't even know they're in the wall until they start to swarm. If they swarm to the outside, they may do that when, you, when you're gone and you never even knew it happened. I mean, I've been on patios and porches and all of a sudden the, you'll see a few of them and then you'll see a thousand of them and then they'll be gone. And it's really a pretty dramatic, crazy thing to witness. That sounds really gross. It's pretty gross. Um, it's, it's, if it's on your own house, it's got to be pretty emotionally dramatic. And there's really no way of preventing that other than being vigilant and looking for entryways into your home, yeah? Right. I mean, if, if you came home with this termite swarming on your back patio, you don't have to get the bottle of Raid and spray chemicals all over to kill them. I mean, it's, it's, it's already happening. Just get the house treated for termites. Okay. Well, 
I'm going to put some more information about termites and treatments and all like that, stuff like that in the description of this episode, as well as a link to our website if you want to get some more information that way. I've been Faith. And I'm Steve. And when you get termites, just treat the buggers. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. This has been a Murawski Inspections podcast. If you want to know more about our services, visit our website at murawskiinspections.com.